baptism in the Holy Spirit. I wrapped that up last week. We're going to go over it just real quickly. We've been looking at scriptures that have easily, clearly, I hope in yours and my mind, defined that the baptism in the Holy Spirit is a complete separate experience from salvation. Amen? Amen. We're all on the same page. We've looked at five scriptures. And in four of the five, when the Holy Spirit was poured out upon those groups, tongues was present. And even in the fifth, it's argued by biblical scholars that tongues were present there because Simon the magician desired to buy it. He saw something. Something tangible was happening. Now, tonight, tongues, which, which is the primary evidence of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. So we're going to go a little bit farther in the baptism into this phenomenon that we call glossolalia or speaking in tongues. And you know what? It is one of the most controversial things that continually swirls around the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And John Sherrill in his book says, in his book, They Speak With Other Tongues, says, tongues make people fight. Amen? I can be out here in a conversation with somebody in the hallway and people are asking about the church. And, you know, I just say, you know, we're, we are a Southern Baptist. I'm proud to be Southern Baptist, but we're spirit-filled Baptist. That's something that people don't normally hear. We're spirit-filled. We believe in the baptism in the Holy Spirit. We believe in the laying on of hands. And always what gets asked is, what about tongues? It just, ne- it just never fails. Well, yeah, I pray in tongues. It's not a heaven or hell thing. It's not something to go running out of the church. You know, we just need some understanding. And you're going to see tonight how Satan is, is working, keeping us divided when it comes to tongues. Tongues make people fight. If it wasn't for this one manifestation accompanying the baptism in the Holy Spirit, people would more easily receive it, not reject it. So the question is, why is there so much controversy over speaking in tongues? As you study and minister the baptism, it's convinced me that there are two major reasons of this controversy. Number one is fear. Number two is ignorance. And that's not to be uh, degrading. It's just that we don't know. You know, when my child is ignorant, it's just that they haven't been explained that yet before. They don't understand it. They don't understand what I'm trying to tell them. Ignorance and, and, and fear. And fear, the fear comes from years of dire warnings that speaking in tongues is fanaticism or emotionalism. Or have you even heard of the devil? Yeah. Can you believe that Scripture, the power of God being, it's like Jesus casting demons out and them saying he's of the devil. Well, that doesn't make any sense. Why would the devil cast out the devil? We need to understand that it is Satan, not God, who stands to benefit from the criticism and the discrediting of spiritual gifts. And we've got to recognize that he is continually stirring up all the prejudice and false teaching that he can against the provision that God has made for us. And two words that Satan hates, I believe that Satan hates, is tongues and demons. You say, what do you mean? Tongues, if tongues is the, is the uh, initial evidence of an experience designed to equip Christians to live a more powerful life, 
that helps to wage an effective battle against Satan. You can see why he would hate it. And if the word demon, you know what happens when you're filled with the Holy Spirit? You start to notice demonic things. And Satan doesn't want you noticing demonic things because you have power to deal with demonic things. And you have power to stop what Satan's doing. To stop stop furthering the kingdom of God. Satan would just as soon you go unknowing or ignorant the rest of your life. That would suit him just fine. Because as we start to learn how the, by the Holy Spirit the cunning hidden ways that Satan uses, then maybe we can have some impact on our own lives and on our city, on our nation. But Satan's favorite tactic is to throw up an emotional smokescreen to create controversy and anger when the gift of speaking tongues is mentioned. Anger. More than once, I have seen Christians act uh, peaceably when other Christians deny the divinity of Christ, who scoff at the word of God, and who frankly open it, openly admit their rejection to the historical truths of Christian faith. But you see these same Christians, when another solid Christian brings up tongues, completely turn. completely turn against the speaking of tongues. It's not difficult to determine the source of such anger. And let me tell you, it's not from God. I believe it's more than coincidence that the criticism of speaking in tongues came minutes, began minutes, within minutes after it appeared on the day of Pentecost. You know, when the 120... We're all in one accord. We're praying together. And the Holy Spirit fell upon them. Immediately, there were tongues. Immediately, there were tongues. And they were speaking languages that they had never learned. There were people around them that could attest to what they were saying because they were speaking in their language. I've told this before. I hoped that when I got over to Uganda, I don't know that I told you this, Annie, but that I would have a moment to pray in tongues and that somebody would understand what I was saying. It's happened. It's, I, we hear stories that it happens today. Um, I, we had a story um, firsthand from Pastor Matt, his pastor going over, I don't remember where he went, but when he, st- he, he felt the Lord tell him to start praying in tongues, I think it was in Russia, and let me tell you, he fought it. His name's Dick Braswell, fought it and fought it and fought it and finally did it and started speaking in their language. Is that the devil? No. No. We hear these stories, yet when it gets around us, controversy, division, anger. But did you notice the moment it happened at Pentecost, people started questioning it. These people are drunk. These men are a bunch of babbling drunks, Acts 2.13. Satan didn't waste any time to try to discredit, discredit the experience of speaking in tongues. And he is still trying to do that. Fear and ignorance, along with false teaching, have proved powerful weapons in Satan's hands. And tongues is the point of controversy. And that's where the criticism lands. And the only way I know to clear up these criticisms, these misconceptions, these doubts of speaking in tongues 
is to take the word of God to it. I can sit here and tell you that the baptism in the Holy Spirit is real. From a personal experience, I can sit here and tell you of the stories that I've personally had. But remove that from the word of God, it's going to be hard for you to take it. It's going to be hard unless you can tangibly see something. But let me tell you, the children of Israel saw the miracles and still turned. You can be right in the face of what God is doing, in the face of Moses. The man, the only man to ever just speak face to face with God. No other man has ever been like him. Right? That's what scripture says. And then just a few moments later, what have you done? Why have you brought us out here? You brought us out here to die so that we wouldn't have to be buried in Egypt. It would have been better if we could have just stayed in Egypt. Has completely forgot all these miracles that's happened. So I I can sit here and tell you that I pray in tongues and that I believe that it's real and that I have seen these miracles, but we've got to have the word. I want to give you the word and then give you my testimony. We are, we, we overcome Satan by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. All right. So doubt came right away. So we're going to take scriptural teaching. And of course, any, to some people, any mention of speaking in tongues is too much. But I believe God knew exactly what he was doing on the day of Pentecost. Amen. That he did it right the first time and he hasn't changed since. All right. I also believe that it's the intent of God that every person receiving the baptism in the Holy Spirit should experience the miracle of tongues. I'm going to back that up. So, with that said, does a person have to speak in tongues that receives the baptism in the Holy Spirit? Does a person have to speak in tongues that receives the baptism in the Holy Spirit? No, they don't have to. They get to. Speaking in tongues is a privilege. It's a gift from God. You know, we, we run into these things that, that we say one thing, but we do something else. Do we believe that the Holy Spirit is a gift from God? It was a, it was a promise. Do we believe that the manifestations, do we believe that God has gifts? Have you ever taken my dad's gifting classes? There are gifts. Can God give a bad gift? It's impossible. I think we all agree that God's a good God. God's a good God except when it comes to tongues. It doesn't make sense. It's time to get on the right page. That almost sounds divisive. Well, pastor's saying it has to be the tongues way. Well, until you prove me differently, that's where I stand. And that's where our church stands. Is that the baptism in the Holy Spirit is real. And then it comes with the evidence of tongues. Now, I'm going to tell you from my experience, you don't have to pray in tongues. I know many people that's been baptized in the Holy Spirit that do not have their prayer language. We're going to deal with that too. There are some that will say, if you don't get your prayer language, you weren't baptized in the Holy Spirit. I don't stand with that. And I'll give you scripture. I think it's Luke 11 that says, all you have to do is ask for the Holy Spirit and he'll give it to those that ask. It doesn't say, I'll only give you the Holy Spirit if you'll pray in tongues. Nope, it's a gift. It comes with it. All right, you don't have to, 
You get to. It's a gift. It's a new and intimate way of praying with direct supernatural help. You say, show that to me in Scripture. I am. It's not going to happen tonight, though. And gifts of the Holy Spirit are not to, catch this, not to be despised or criticized. There's a lot of things you can do, but there's one thing you can't do, and that has to do with the Holy Spirit. Be careful. Be careful. Scripture says that a, that a mouth that's really busy is not far from sin. Do you know that? I did this whole teaching. I did a Derek Prince teaching on does your tongue need healing and the power of the tongue. And it says where there's a lot of words, sin is not far away. Be careful when you're talking about the Holy Spirit. Scripture's pretty clear about it. Nor does God give gifts that are useless or divisive. Other critics have said, but the scriptures teach that not everyone is supposed to speak in tongues. And they're talking about Paul's statement in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 30. Do all speak in tongues. And then his instructions in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 27, says, if any speak in a tongue, there, let there only be two or at the most three. But Paul's teaching right here does not refer to the, the ability to speak in tongues that comes with the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Paul is talking about the ministry gift, which God has said in the church, explaining that not all spirit-baptized Christians have the same ministry and also giving advice to spirit-baptized Christians how in a public worship service, tongues are to be ministered in a proper way and are to be properly interpreted. Blah. That was a mouthful. But it's key. There is a difference between what those were doing in the upper room and what happened in here last Wednesday night when John Owens gave a tongue and an interpretation. Nobody's given interpretations in the upper room. Nobody's given interpretations when Paul's uh, preaching and all of a sudden the spirit falls and people start praying in tongues. It's every man for himself. They're all doing it. It's a prayer language. It is not the, the, the tongue manifestation, the gift, that, the gift that's been given to the church where only one or two, two or three are to give. Go and read Scripture. Go and read that in, in uh, 1 Corinthians 14. The problem is Paul is talking about both. He comes in from talking about one, then he goes into talking about the other one, and that's where the confusion comes. But if you will get it in context, he is speaking about order in the church. But also, he says, I pray in, 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 in my prayer language. I sing in my prayer language. Those aren't being interpreted. That's his prayers. That's not a ministry gift of, like, like do you know that there could be a spirit of healing? You could, have a, you could have a gift of healing tonight. A gift of healing could land on you tonight. Have you ever been sitting in worship and think, I need to go pray for that person to be healed. Let me tell you, a manifestation of the Holy Spirit's happening in you, and you need to go do it. Sometimes in worship, I just pray in tongues. It's not a manifestation of a tongue that I need to give to everybody. I'm just singing and praying in tongues. Someone will have a word of knowledge. My mother came up and had a, a word from the Lord. Sometimes you have words that's just for you. Other times it's for the church. There's order in the church. But let me fight that just a minute. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, 5, now I want you all to speak in tongues. 
Obviously, Paul is not saying one thing and then contradicting what he said a few verses earlier. No, that at no time does Paul ever criticize. Catch this. Paul never criticizes speaking in tongues. He only criticizes the misuse of the gift. Now, people criticize that. People use that. Paul does not condemn or reject or come against tongues. He comes against godly. He comes for godly order. Paul's giving order to the church so that it's just not a complete flake fest. Let me tell you, I don't want I, I want I want the real tangible thing and I want it to be God's way. And God's a God of order. I want you to notice that God didn't send his spirit until there was order. God didn't send his presence to Moses until there was order. God, God was so methodical in breaking down the, the tabernacle and the type of cloth that needed to be used and the type of items that needed to go in and exactly where to set it and how far, how many cubits, what all is it supposed to be? And when it was all set in place, the Spirit of God came. Then with the new covenant, Jesus came and established the new covenant, but he didn't do it until it was done. He didn't send the Holy Spirit until the new covenant was established. Jesus died on the cross, he left, and then his spirit came. God is a God of order. We are not going to get out of order here. But order isn't defined by you. God's order. I'm telling you, when we get to heaven, it's going to look a whole lot different than we think it's going to look. He says, I want you all to spend, uh, speak in tongues. So when we teach about the manifestation of tongues, a distinction needs to be made between the ability to pray in tongues, which comes when one is baptized in the Holy Spirit, and the ministry gift of tongues, which involves tongues in the public assembly, which are to be interpreted. All Christians should be baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, but not all are going to have this prominent ministry of speaking in tongues publicly. I think I could get a few amens from that one. <laughs> if you do have that gift, praise God. Can I also tell you that the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He, you're not going to be at Walmart and just all of a sudden shine dying all over everybody and can't control yourself. It doesn't happen that way. I can start, I can stop. And I can start and I can stop. Just the same as I'm talking to you, I can start and I can stop. Sometimes when the ministry gift comes on you, you can't hardly control it. Have you ever had a manifestation on you in worship or in church and all of a sudden you get hot? You start sweating? You think everybody's looking at you? It, I, I had a time with just me and Pastor Matt here in the sanctuary. My arms felt, I felt like Popeye and I don't have big muscles, but they felt like they weighed 50 pounds each. And I thought something was wrong. And Matt said, uh-uh. You know, the presence of the Lord can be weighty. He said, just sit there. Just stay there. See where you go from there. Can you tell something? We're, we're, we're trying to stir ourselves up to do something. We need corporately the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And we need the outpouring to flow out of us as we go out of here. 
Let's see. I'll end with this. While we teach and fully expect everyone receiving the baptism in the Holy Spirit to speak in tongues, not everybody does. Not because it's not God's will, but because of fear and ignorance. We quench the Holy Spirit. God will not force any child to do anything he is not willing to do. And with that, I've said that some receive the baptism and haven't quite gotten to speak in tongues. At least not at first. And even the scriptures don't insist that everybody speak in tongues at the time of baptism. But clearly it's the norm. And I'm going to reinforce this. That since four of the five scriptures that we've looked at, there was evidence of tongues. With the exception of the Samaritan revival in Acts 8. But as I said earlier, that even on that occasion, biblical scholars feel that there was evidence because Simon the magician saw something that made him want to buy the ability to transmit the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And many feel that that was tongues. I feel like that anyone who has received the baptism, once he understands what's involved, will speak in tongues. And... uh, Out of probably, I may be exaggerating, I'll say 50 that I've prayed for, I think only one hasn't gotten their prayer language. And I think if we could just go get locked in a room for about five minutes, we'd get it. But you know what? Sometimes your brain just gets in the way. If you've been baptized in the Spirit and you've not gotten your prayer language, I would love to pray with you. Uh there are many here, my mom and dad, David and Beth Tremblay. I've got many that are that are easily uh, qualified. And these are just the ones that I'm closest to. There are more here that I would trust that would pray with you. But it's not something to be afraid of. It's not something to fear. It It is something, and we're going to see in Scripture over the next couple weeks, it's a way to pray when you run out of words to pray. When you are so burdened that you have prayed it and prayed it and prayed it, maybe it's for your child or for your marriage or for your finances or for a situation, and you're finally just prayed up. You're going to see that you're going to start praying God's will when you can't say it out of English words. You're going to see that it's going to confuse Satan. It removes Satan from the conversation. It's something just that between you and the Lord. And what what a gift. I'm telling you, I, I catch myself praying in tongues just not even realizing I'm doing it. Why? Because it's it's part of my, it's my life. So I want to encourage you. I, I just barely got started. I'm, I'm almost to my first scripture and I didn't make it. But I just want to encourage you. Hang in there with me. Hang in there with me. There is a reward at the end of us hearing God's word. Amen. Father, we just thank you for tonight. Lord, I just lift you up. Lord, I just ask you to help help us to get our heads out of the way. Help us to receive in faith. Lord, I just ask for breakthrough over the power of the Holy Spirit in this church. And that we would be willing to let you move as you want to move. Lord, over our city and over our nation, I just ask that our nation would be willing to allow you, Holy Spirit, to move. Lord, I'm thankful. It just takes one or two of us. Lord, your word has shown that you'll just do it for me. 
But Lord, I ask corporately that you pour out your spirit here. And I ask you to start with me where I'm not lining up with you, Lord. I ask that you line me up. And that I come humbly and obediently to you. Just bless your holy name. I ask that those that have come in here with needs, Lord, that you are the need meter. Lord, that we not leave here without asking for what we need. And Lord, you are the provider. I thank you, Lord, that we, can, we have somebody to come to. Just bless your holy name. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Hope you have a great rest of the week.